You're listening to The Plan Podcast, episode number 32. I actually wrote the notes for this episode nearly a year ago, and at the time, I can remember that I kept thinking as soon as I hit publish, the pandemic would end and everyone would go back to their offices. I was so cute. And there's just no way that any of us could have predicted what was coming. And with at least a few months until things can even begin to really return to normal, I am finally sitting down to record this. And I feel like I should probably knock on wood or something before I jinx all of us. (laughs) So whether you are working from home during COVID, you're hoping to transition to working from home long term, or perhaps you are still going into the office, I think that my decade of work from home life has a little advice that we can all use. So let's dive in. Thanks for tuning in to The Plan Podcast. We don't know everything, but we're putting together a plan to figure it out, one topic, an episode at a time. If your goal is to live better, do better, or be better, then this is the podcast for you. So grab your favorite pen, folks, and let's make some plans with your host, Danny Bruflot from Time is Honey. All right, Danny, let's get planning. I don't think that I can just casually dive into this episode without taking at least a couple of minutes, I think, to just be like, hello, friends, like, how are you? It's been a really long time since I've been up in your ears, and it just feels like I probably owe you some sort of explanation about where the heck the show went for the past few months. So the last episode that I published was back on March 18th of 2020. Um, I made it just about a week into our national lockdown when the studio that I had been recording at closed to the public. And it was a real bummer because I had just gotten into a great groove with writing the shows, going into the studio, getting the shows published, churning out the creative assets. And I was finally averaging around a thousand downloads per episode, which was a huge milestone for me. And the momentum was there. And so when the studio closed, I thought about, you know, going and getting a mic and recording from home. But in the midst of a pandemic, which I think was a little traumatic for all of us, no matter how we were faring, it just felt like I needed to let something go and take it off my plate. And so the podcast got put on pause. And although I have missed it, I know that it was the right choice at the time because there was just so much for all of us to worry about. And I swear COVID has created like some sort of strange time warp because before I knew it, summer arrived and It was like I was staring directly at the impending presidential election, and that compelled me to clear my calendar as much as I could so that I could be more actively engaged in campaigning to ensure that Donald Trump was not reelected. Very important for me. So I created a private Facebook group over this summer and mobilized more than a thousand of you to join me in getting trained in digital campaigning. It was a lot of work, but it was also a lot of fun, and I just had so much fun um, Kind of connecting more with you, especially those of you who are very politically informed and, and inspired as much as I am, I guess, to see change in American politics. And my little foray into community organizing helped me realize that it is something that I'm really passionate about and something that I definitely want to be more involved in moving forward. And so just a quick thank you to those of you who did join that group and who were actively campaigning alongside me for several months. It feels so good to say that we did it, that Trump is out of the White House, and I hope that you 
learned a lot and also kind of feel inspired to stay engaged in that way moving forward. So campaigning took up a lot of my extra time and energy from like July until November. But as soon as the election was over and the Senate races kind of shook out and we saw that Democrats were at risk of not getting a majority in the Senate, I got quickly connected with a group working to register Georgia residents abroad so that they could vote in the January runoff. It was estimated at the time that there were at least 30,000 Georgians who were eligible voters that were living outside of the U.S. And our goal, obviously, was to get them registered in enough time that they could vote from abroad in the Georgia runoff. And so once again, it was busy. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot and we did it. And I still can't believe how that election shook out. I don't know if I have ever been that shocked. Um when they won those Georgia runoff seats. That was really great. And so I guess that brings me up to, you know, the counting of the electoral vote and that beautiful, peaceful transfer of power between the Trump administration and the Biden administration. I am being sarcastic, obviously. I don't think I need to go into any detail about maybe why I did not jump back into the show in January, because I think like most of us, I was glued to my phone Um, just watching to see if the U.S. was going to implode, quite frankly. And yeah, so now this week, Donald Trump's second impeachment trial is kicking off in the Senate. Um, And here I am, finally sitting back down at the microphone. Like, wow, what a year. (laughs) But don't worry, um, the past several months have not been all politics and no actual work. Um, I have been working. I wrote three ebooks over the past few months. I led over a thousand students through my first online course. And I also expanded my team from a one woman show to a team of four now. And I completed my 18,000th sale in my Etsy shop. So I'm sure that I'll do some upcoming episodes to tell you more about those projects and what that growth has kind of looked like over the past few months and teach you what I learned from it. I could probably do an entire episode about what it's been like enduring COVID while living abroad. Being in a different country for it, I think, is a unique and kind of strange experience. You know, we are separated from our families, which is hard, but for the most part, we are doing okay. And I think we both just feel incredibly lucky and privileged to be able to work from home. Now that things have kind of calmed down a little bit, and I guess we're into a routine with this new life, I finally did buy my own microphone so that I can shove Josh and Walter into the other room while I record. So if you have been listening since episode one, thank you. And thank you if you are tuning in for the very first time. And then extra thank you to anyone who reached out to me during this hiatus to tell me that you hoped the show would come back. Honestly, I was fine with it going either way. I enjoyed making it, but I wasn't sure how much people were appreciating it or how much people would miss it. And so I feel like it was almost an experiment to see like, will people notice it's gone? And so for those of you who did reach out, I really appreciate it. Those messages meant a lot to me. So let's dive into some actual content here because I am sure that you are not just here for my personal updates as riveting as they were. (laughs) I feel like working from home sometimes gets a bit glamorized. Like we make it out to be things that it isn't. (laughs) I remember the days when I would sit in my cubicle, 
pinning inspiration for my someday home office. It was such a dream of mine. And I was so excited when I finally transitioned out of office life and did have a home office. But I also remember how disappointing it felt when I realized that it wasn't exactly how I imagined it would be. I'm sure that at least some of you can relate and have perhaps even realized that when you have the choice, you will be more than happy to go back to an office. I transitioned to working from home back in 2011 when we moved from Minneapolis, Minnesota to Madison, Wisconsin, and it was definitely not an easy transition. Not only was I suddenly in a new city where I didn't know anyone, I also no longer had that built-in network and social life that a job often brings. Working from home can be a little bit lonely and it can also be isolating and it can also feel kind of aimless when you suddenly have less structure and accountability. I really had to do a lot of work and build habits and routines that supported a healthy balance and made working from home both productive and enjoyable. And today I'm going to share the five tips I have found the most impactful for helping me stay focused, find balance, and draw boundaries between my work life and personal life. So my first tip is to limit distractions, and our homes are full of them. Not only is there a comfy couch and Netflix and maybe some chores lingering, but you no longer have a boss looking over your shoulder to ensure that you aren't aimlessly browsing Facebook. This can cause you to kind of develop bad habits that ultimately end up wasting your time. And I have two services. I mean, I have I've literally, literally tried all of them over the years. And I have two that I have found to be really effective and that have really helped me. So the first one is an extension for your web browser called Stay Focused. I use Google Chrome. It's just a little thing you plug in so it exists up in your browser. This lets you set timers for any website, so you can tell it that you want to spend a maximum of 20 minutes per day on Twitter, and once you hit that limit, it will block that URL so that your computer actually won't even go to it for the rest of the day. I recommend setting these for all social media sites, news websites, or any like online forums that you find yourself getting sucked into throughout the day and kind of just falling into a rabbit hole. Along with that, I actually have all social media notifications turned off on my phone and I keep all social media platform icons on my phone on a second page. So I don't keep them on my homepage of my phone. I actually nest them into a folder so it's not so easy to just instinctually open them up and check them constantly. And also so that I'm not getting pulled out of what I'm doing by notifications throughout the day, I have designated time where I go and check social media. And I think that that has been a huge help. That is something I didn't do early on in my career. And it's made such a huge difference for me and my ability to focus in the past few years. My second suggestion is a website called pomofocus.io. And this site is built around the Pomodoro technique. You can Google that if you want to go into more details and learn all the specifics of mastering the technique. But in a nutshell, it is focused on the idea that humans can focus for about 25 minutes. So it suggests that you break your workday up into chunks of 25 minutes of very focused work, followed by a five minute break. And what this website does is make it just super simple to implement this method. The site is like very, very pretty. It's super easy to use. And you really just need to visit it, I guess, to see for yourself. I love it. It's so functional. So if you go to the URL, uh, pomofocus.io, it is 
intuitive and I think you'll figure out how to use it. It's more or less a timer that will track your work sessions as well as your breaks. It'll also track your progress and show you daily or weekly streaks so that you can compete against others or yourself. I personally find it very motivating just to be able to see those metrics. So give those two things a try. Focus Keeper and Pomofocus.io. Links to both are in the show notes for today. Tip number two is prioritizing balance. And this is going to look a little bit different for each of us, depending on what it is that you need to balance. So after 10 years of working from home, I was really used to being alone. You know, I was spending at least 40 hours a week totally solo. And so when Josh started working from home amid the pandemic, I quickly found that I was just feeling kind of overwhelmed and exhausted from more or less the constant human contact and the constant human interaction throughout the day. And I really just had to find a way to get time to myself. So I kind of changed my schedule around and started going on long walks twice a week. So this was just a little window of time for me to be alone, no husband, no dog, just me. And it was really nice. It really changed like my my mood and my ability to like come back and refocus. On the flip side of that, you might be someone who's feeling the opposite. You might have really thrived from the social aspect of your former office life and be struggling with the new isolation. You might need to find COVID safe ways to go for a walk or schedule a Zoom call with people other than your coworkers in order to fill that social need. So try to tap into what feels out of balance because these things can really creep up on you and really impact how you feel about your work. I often ask myself, is it burnout or is it the imbalance of my work environment? Okay, my third tip is to take advantage of the perks from working from home. While working from home has its challenges, you might also have more flexibility and privacy than you have ever had before. This is a great time to finally do things that you've been putting off, like maybe starting to eat healthier. You finally have access to your full kitchen all day long. So if you're not going to do it now, when will you? Or finally starting to hydrate. I hear this one from people a lot where they have a hard time hydrating properly because of their work environment or work schedule. And it can take about five to 10 days for your body to adjust to proper hydration and start producing enough ADH to regulate your urine output. So working from home can be a really great time to kind of break through and get over that little hurdle at the beginning and start to achieve optimum hydration. If your job has a more flexible schedule when you're working from home, I'd also encourage you to research sleep cycles to find out if you are genetically programmed for like a normal eight to five schedule, or if you might be more productive if you shifted your schedule by just a couple hours in either direction. You have probably heard me talk about cycle syncing. Cycle syncing is kind of syncing up your work tasks to your menstrual cycle to help maximize your productivity based on your mood throughout each week of your cycle. For me, it has been a game changer. So if you have a menstrual cycle, I highly recommend learning more about this. It's not always easy depending on what your career is, but it's something that can be easier when you're working from home and have a little more control over your schedule. Other things that you might wanna think about would be like detoxing your armpits and finally switching to an all natural deodorant or oil training your hair so that you can spend less time washing it and drying it. No one on Zoom can tell if your armpits are a little rank or if your hair is on day three of dry shampoo. So now is a really great time to do some of those things that you've maybe been putting off. Okay, I am now interrupting this nice little list to tell you about at least one of those resources that I created for you over the past nine months. I just suggested 
that you learn how to hydrate properly and start cooking healthier. And if you are wondering where to start, I can help. You can now visit hydrationchecklist.com and sign up for my two-week online hydration course. I'll introduce you to my favorite hydration method and help you build hydrating habits that stick so that hydration becomes an effortless part of your life. You'll also get two weeks of coaching from me direct to your inbox, some of my favorite planner files for developing better habits, and more than 20 of my all-time favorite recipes. Each recipe is hydrating, but they are also simple to make and are all nutritionist approved and developed. It's all waiting for you over at hydrationchecklist.com. Next on the list is documenting your productivity and progress. One of the biggest realizations I had when I started working from home was that being at home could make the hours and even the days or weeks or sometimes the months sort of blur together. And if I wasn't paying attention and documenting what I was actually accomplishing, it was really easy to look back and feel really unproductive. I could get to the end of the day and feel like I had accomplished nothing, even if I had been working all day long. And I know that this suggestion is perhaps a little bit dated and maybe doesn't apply to all of us, especially if you are working remotely for a company versus being self-employed. Most companies have a way to monitor your productivity because of course they do. So this is really especially important for those who are self-employed and don't have a supervisor who's monitoring your progress and providing that feedback. So find a method, even if it's just a simple to-do list, so that you have something to reflect back on at the end of the day or at the end of the week or at the end of the month when that blurring can kind of start to happen. Most importantly, even more than just being able to see what you accomplished, this can really help you be your own cheerleader and just pause to appreciate all the growth that's happening in between the Zoom calls. This is actually one of the things I love most about my product, the daily page, and one of the reasons why I use it so religiously because it captures not only the progress that I'm making on my work, but also the progress I'm making on my wellness goals like hydration, nutrition, and other self-care practices or habits I'm trying to develop. And those are wins that I want to celebrate just as much as the work ones because they're just so intricately connected. When you feel your best, you can do your best work and learning to align your work and wellness is such a gift. So try to find a method that works for you, no matter what it is, and try to stick to it so that you have that ongoing record of what you're achieving. Okay, so now we find ourselves at number five. And tip five is to create a wake-up ritual. Notice that I did not call this a morning routine because the reality is that some of us just are not morning people. So this is about creating a ritual that helps you wake up feeling motivated and ready to start the day rather than dreading it and wasting any of that precious time procrastinating. And so this is about training your brain to enjoy waking up. If you are the type of person who wakes up and starts the day off with stuff you don't enjoy, stop it. (laughs) Instead, think of things that would make you feel happy, joyful, and motivated and make those a daily ritual. This is obviously going to be different for each one of us, but I'm going to tell you what mine are. So the first thing that I do is... I take five minutes at the end of my workday and I start filling out the daily page for the next day. This is just something that helps me kind of take stuff out of my head and get it on paper, which can really help ease anxiety so that you sleep better. But I also always make sure that I add a get to do item, I call it, onto my list for the day. And so when I'm filling out the daily page the night before, I don't add a ton of things. I don't do much detail. I try to just put, you know, maybe a few events, what I'm planning on eating for breakfast, 
and then adding this get to do item. And what the get to do item does for me is it helps me stay motivated to get up in the morning and get started on work so that I make sure I have time for that get to do item. And it might be working on a fun project that is just kind of maybe more of a hobby project or going outside to sit and read or going for a longer walk and listening to one of my favorite podcasts, just something that I'm going to get to do if other things get completed first. Another thing I do the night before is picking out a podcast. So I take a couple minutes before bed to scroll new episodes and decide which one I'll listen to during my morning walk. I'm always like just pretty excited to get up and get going because I really want to listen to the show, right? So those are two things that I kind of do at night, but that they feed into that morning ritual to help me wake up with things already organized and planned. So I wake up with kind of an action plan and get going. Two other really simple things that I do as soon as I get out of bed are gui sha and warm lemon water. Gui sha is a facial massage technique that uses oil and stone tools. And it's not only great for your skin, it's amazing for your skin. It is just such a nice way to start your day and kind of, it helps get kind of all of that fluid buildup out of your face and depuffs it. It's so nice. And then the morning water is essentially just warm lemon water with a little sea salt. And this helps replenish your fluids in your body to help move out cellular waste so that your body and especially your brain, kind of important for work, is operating efficiently. And I have blog posts about both of those things with tutorials and recipes. And I will put those in the show notes for today if you would like to learn more. Okay, and that, my friends, concludes my five favorite tips for working from home. You know I love a good list, so let's recap them really quickly just to make sure they are fresh in your head. Number one, limit distractions. Number two, prioritize finding that balance. Three, enjoy the perks. Number four, document your productivity and progress. And number five, create a wake-up ritual. You will probably notice that so many of these tips require you to develop new habits or change your existing routines. If this is hard for you, I would suggest going back and listening to episode 26, where I teach you about habit stacking, my favorite hack for developing new habits. <laughs> habit stacking is the trick that I used to go from kind of a frazzled, overwhelmed, unhealthy person to someone who is really grounded in good daily routines. And I hear from people every week about how impactful that episode was for them. So I hope you will check it out. It is episode number 26. No matter what your work situation is in the midst of this global pandemic and beyond, just remember that working from home is not always for everyone, and it is perfectly normal if you feel a bit overwhelmed by the entire thing, especially those of you working from home with kids by your side. I, I still do not know how you're doing it, and I'm sorry that I don't have <laughs> practical advice to offer in that department, but I really hope that some of these tips still feel applicable or even adaptable for you and give you some ideas for things you can do. I will be back here two weeks from today with another new episode of the Plan Podcast. Make sure to visit planpodcast.com for today's show notes, suggest a show topic, or grab links to anything mentioned in today's episode. Until then, you can find me on the internet, and I will see you soon. 